I mentioned this passage earlier in John, the 8th chapter. Jesus spoke to them again and saying, I am the light of the world, and he, and he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, throughout the book of John, you will find a lot of I am statements. I, you know, I don't know if we're making a, 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 a bigger deal of it than, than really is in Scripture, but I don't think so. Because from the very beginning, we find in, in the Scripture that God referred to himself and identifies, identified himself as the I am. I am that I am. And, and when, when Moses was standing on the side of the mountain looking, gazing into a fire that was, uh, that was not consuming the bush and speaking to God, and, and God had told him, I want you to go back to Egypt, and that really sent shiver, shivers through uh, Moses because he didn't want to go back there. He said, well, who shall I say sent me? And he says, I am that I am. I am. I just am. Now, I don't know uh, if, if we lose something in translation there. Probably. You know, I'm not a Greek or a Hebrew scholar. But God identified himself very early on as the great I am. Okay? We, I, I, we throw that great in there. I am. And you find, and it's one of the reasons why I like the book of John so much, is that you see this kind of stuff coming through. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Yeah, I am. I am, I am. There, there are about six or, or eight I am statements in the book of John. And, and again, in every, in every place, God is not only revealing himself, in, in such a, but also revealing himself in the sense of, who, of, of what he is and how he works, okay? And in this passage in the, book, in, in the eighth chapter, he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will wa- not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Now, I started thinking about that, and I understand that kind of instinctively and kind of like looking over my shoulder. When I, when I came to know Christ as a young Marine, all I knew was that I was kind of like just beat up with sin, and I had had enough. It's funny, I was 19, and I'd had enough. I must have had a really low tolerance for pain and for sin. I don't know about you, but God spoke to me, and I'd had enough. I'd had enough already. And so I didn't really know what to expect. I remember the guy sitting next to me was in a little chapel in, in, in Okinawa. I was a Marine, and... And evidently, this guy, this guy was coming for a second dip. He, had been, he had evidently had been to a previous service and had given his heart to Christ. I mean, that was the invitation that night uh, after they had preached, after they had taught, after we'd spent some time there. They said, is there anybody here who would like to give their heart to Christ? And here's the words that went through my mind. I said, well, I've done about everything that I want to do, and it's not working. It's not working. Now, I hadn't done everything, but I'd done enough. I had lived my life in, in, in the old way, uh, in a worldly way, enough to where I didn't, that was enough. I, I didn't want any more. So I said, let me give God a shot. Now, that sounds very uh, trite, and that's not really religious uh, language, is it? Not really holy language. Now, I'm going to give God a shot. But that's the language of a 19-year-old jarhead. Yeah, right? Okay. I'm going to give God a shot. And I was sincere. I'm sitting next to this guy, and he says, well, I don't feel saved. And I'm thinking, what? I didn't know you were supposed to feel saved. What does feeling saved mean? I don't know what that... All I knew is I was making a decision 
to serve him and to accept him. Was I thinking about the next day? No. I was thinking about right now. Okay. Was I thinking about the next year or the next decade? Wow, if I'd, if I'd known all of this, I think I might have re, uh, you know, reassessed <laughs> my, my decision-making, right? Okay? If I'd known all of this, standing up here in western New York with bottles of, of Dad's Pop here. <laughs> someone said earlier, Pop's Pop. Dad's Pop. I mean, I don't know. You never know what God's going to do, so you simply take him, okay, today, I'll, I'll serve you. And the truth is, God, what I had before wasn't all that good. thought it was, but it wasn't that good. And so, uh, and, and so when, I, when I think about this thing that Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, he who follows me will not live, not walk in darkness. I had no clue as to what that, is, what that meant. I didn't realize that all the things that I had thought were important to me, that I didn't know the truth. See, one of the things that darkness does in very, 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 uh, um, on a physical basis is it hides the reality, doesn't it? If you walk into the room, you don't know that there's a table, shin high, right there, until you strike it. You don't know that there's things in the room. In the dark, you can't see, okay? You can't see the reality of life. And could I say, when Jesus is speaking about light here, he's not talking about the light that, that's, that's overhead right now. He's talking about spiritual light. He who, he who follows me will not walk in spiritual darkness, but will have the light of life. In other words, you understand some things. It's hard to tell people what they don't know already. Yeah? One of the greatest gifts... That, 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 that any one of us could, could, could have on a regular basis, this kind of a natural thing, is to know that we don't know. Is to be aware of that, that there's something there that we don't know. Light allows us to see that and experience that. Spiritual light does. Okay? Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, and I'll say spiritual darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, what does walking in darkness look like? Now, you know, that, that was the question. As I, as I pondered this passage of Scripture, what does walking in darkness look like? It says, you're not going to walk in darkness if you follow me. And, I, and, I, and, and the passage that, came, that leapt to my mind simply depend on the Holy Spirit to, to lead me and guide me to this was Luke 15. Why don't you turn with me there? You know this story. It's about, a, a, we call him the prodigal son. And, and Jesus was telling this story, and he says, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them, and not many days later, the son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant land, and there he squandered his estate with loose living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in the country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out uh, to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him to the fields to feed swine, or the pigs. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods. The pay must have been really low. Uh, he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, but no one was giving him anything. 
But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants, hired men, have more than enough bread? And here I'm dying. I'm dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring the best robe, put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat and celebrate. Now, now, how does this fit with this whole idea? He who walks with me does not walk in darkness, but has the light of life. And I ask the question, what does darkness look like on a real practical daily basis? If we're talking about spiritual darkness, spiritual light, and walking and living in spiritual light or spiritual darkness... Okay? And one of the problems is that you don't know what you don't know. Okay? You understand that? When the lights have never been turned on, you don't know what the room really looks like. And life is that way. You can be religious, but until God opens your eyes in, in the spiritual dimensions, and that's simply really what happens. And some people say, well, I don't understand that. Here's what, you know... Here's what happens. When, the Holy, when you ask Christ to come into your life, the Holy Spirit comes in, and all of a sudden the lights are turned on. That's, that's, I mean, that's a very, 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 uh, a very simple way of saying that. Okay? You can be religious, you can follow various veins of spiritual thought, and, and still not have that experience. Now, Jesus called that a born-again experience. In John 3, now, in everybody's Bible, it says... You must be born again. That's what he's talking about. When that happens, the lights come on. Then you understand what you didn't know. And in a sense, you have to take that in faith. I remember, for me, like I said before, for me, it was simply a matter, I was really sick and tired of the life I was living. I couldn't tell you, I didn't have a list of all the bad things and all the things that needed to be changed. I wasn't even thinking that. I was just looking for a lifeline. Where I was wasn't where I needed to be or where I wanted to be. And if God, was, if God was the answer, I was willing to try him. Remind you, I didn't have a, a church or a religion that I followed. Wasn't raised that way. I remember going to Sunday school, vacation, Bible schools. You know how that works, right? People drop their kids off. It's amazing. You think, well, that, that, that little toe-headed kid, he'll never amount to anything. You never know. God has a way of cataloging who you are and, and, and feeding you these little things all along your life. You don't know what God's... You know, God is able, God is bigger. He's able to do these things, able to reach into your life, even when you're small, and plant some seeds that will, boom, all of a sudden you're 21. Bang! thing grows. It's alive. It's well. Looks dead. Looks dead for years. Dead for years. Dead for years. Boom! God works in, in incredible ways, incredible ways. So, here we have, what does it look like to walk in darkness? Well, first of all, for those of you who, who are believers, especially some of our younger people, and this is how this passage may, uh, generally connects, is that, you know, you're under your father's care, you're, you're experiencing some things, da 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 and then all of us, but you come of age... 
and maybe this is apropos at graduation time, I don't know. Um, but you come of age, and, but, and there's always something else out there that you wanted, wanted to do, want to experience. And so was, this is the case with this young man. He says, Father, um, give me my portion. So he needed, a, as they would say in the wild old west, a grub stake. He needed some cash. In order to fulfill his plan to go out into the big wide world and experience buffalo. Or for many people in the, in the surrounding areas, to go, to, to, go to, to Jamestown, experience Jamestown, you know? Or wherever it is that, that people long say, there's something there for me and I want to try it, okay? It looks good in the beginning. From, from a distance, have you, ever, you ever, have you ever been, gentlemen, have you ever been shopping for a car and from the street it looks really good? Or a truck or something like that. And from the street, it really looks good. So you, you pull in. And you get close. And then you, you notice that the trim's not exactly right. And then you knock on the fender, and that's not steel. <laughs> and, you know, you, you get, and, and, and up close, up close, uh, up close, or perhaps you, you went ahead and bought it, and, and you drove it for about, you know, the first three, four months. And eventually you begin to find, well, this is wrong, and that is wrong, and this is wrong, and that is wrong. And eventually it leaves you, what, on the side of Route 60, and you're on the phone. Okay? You get the picture. And in the beginning, walking in darkness, or, or you might say pursuing a life uh, outside of Christ, outside of Jesus, outside of living for Him, uh, looks kind of neat and exciting for those who've never been there before. Okay? The world promises a whole lot of stuff, doesn't it? I mean, all you got to do is, is, is watch half an hour of television. You get at least 17 minutes of commercials that tells you how great life will be if you just buy a certain product. And that's how the world is. Promises much but delivers nothing or delivers very little. Initially, there's some fun, right? And in this case, there was. As long as he had cash in his hand, he... The, the young man had plenty of friends, right? As long as he had wherewithal that was actually provided by someone else, uh, he had some fun. But things, you know, initially, and, and once he, could I say this, initially it looked good, but it seems like after, and, and, it, and truth is, it, it, the world offers, you might say, what appears to be a legitimate option with lots of perks, Okay? Friends, money, fun, you know? I remember one of my daughters. She doesn't listen to the podcast so I can talk about her. So don't you dare call her and tell her, okay? And, uh, and, and I remember she was out, she was looking, she was looking for jobs. And uh, she was applying and, and she wasn't getting any. I said, well, honey, talk to me. Tell me how this is working for you. She said, well, I, I usually go in, I fill out the application and I tell them, all the days I can't work. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean you can't work? Well, I've got Wednesday, I've got to do this, and Tuesday, I've got this with my friends, and I, I'm thinking. <laughs> Ever been there? And I, and I had, to, had, had this conversation. It was like revelatory. I said, honey, they're hiring you because they need you, not because you need a job. Lights come on. Hopefully. 
Hopefully. I don't know. Anyway, the world offers you what, what appears from a distance to be legitimate, legitimate, uh, legitimate options to where you're living now with some perks, friends, fun, and all the other things. Yet, once a person finds themselves com, com, a little more committed to that particular road, once you've left home, once you've decided that you're going to live in a certain, a certain way, what happens is it begins to deteriorate or degenerate into something other than, like once you bought the car, then you realize, wait a second, there was rust on that. That engine, I'm not sure that someone didn't turn that odometer back. On and so on and so forth. And quite frankly, in a life lived in darkness, ultimately delivers poverty of spirit, deep regret, and immeasurable loss. Now, in this story, we see the young man turning around, but by the time, he, it's almost like he escaped with the rags on his back. He went back to his, went back to his father and was, was, was brought in, okay? So, in, in a sense, living in, 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 you might say, living in darkness is, is living with the, without the knowledge, without the knowledge of what's really going on in the world. You figure it out, but sometimes it's kind of late, all the, you might say all the polish, once that's removed, you find yourself, in a, in a sense, you say, now, I, I, I love the picture here. It's kind of coarse. In another passage, it says he was, found himself, he came to himself, and he was up to his knees in pig stuff. Okay? Now, that's kind of coarse, and that's, kind of, that's a word picture that, that's, that I hope you get it, but the whole, whole idea here is that the world will take you there. And living in darkness is a place, is, is, is a way of living that you can't see what the truth and the reality is. The lies of the enemy, the lies of the world, they're there if you want to believe them, but ultimately it's, it's a bait and switch, switch operation. Now how about living in the light of Jesus? Now I, I wondered about that and I said, how can we... You know, that, that was a kind of a strong, good, a decent word picture of that last passage. What, how about living in the light of Jesus? Is, how does that affect you? And I don't want to get ethereal here and say, okay, man, when I walk around, I just see the light. You know? Just, you, you ever see, you know, some of these religious shows, they get behind them with a, with a big, you know, there's light on the backside and no, no, no. It has something, it, it's more, it has more to do with what's going on on the inside. And it produces some good stuff in you. How, how about that? Let's look, at, let's look at one case. Luke 19. Luke 19. Now, just recently, just to set this passage up, Jesus had had a conversation with some other people. And he was talking about prayer. He said, hey, a Pharisee went down to the temple and prayed. And there was also a tax collector. Okay? I think, I think with the recent IRS scandal, most, most of us kind of get the feeling for how the Israelites also felt about tax collectors. And uh, so... <laughs> and, and so... Uh, and, and here we have... Here we have Jesus teaching them, and he says, okay, these guys, both these guys were down there 
praying, and the tax collector, he's just beating on his chest. Oh, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Wouldn't even lift his eyes up and look, look to that, that place where God is, right? Have mercy on me, a sinner. Kind of a, a simple prayer. Wasn't elaborate. And then the Pharisee was standing off at a safe and a comfortable distance. Didn't say it that way, but you know he didn't want to be associated with this guy. And he said, and he's, and he's looking at this guy, and he knows what he is, and he's already judging him. And, and his prayer goes something like this. Oh, God, I'm so glad that I'm not like this guy. I'm righteous, I'm holy, I, I tithe. I, I mean, I even tithe on the mint in my garden. I got it all wired. And Jesus said, I, I tell you the truth. Who do you think that went back home justified? And he put his finger on the, 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 the tax collector. Now, that, that had taken place earlier. And I believe this guy, Zacchaeus, was in that, was in that crowd. Okay? And we find in, in Luke, the 19th chapter, he says, He entered Jericho and was passing. And there was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. He wasn't just a tax collector. This guy was the, was the boss. And he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable to because of, the, because, he was, because of the crowd, and he was a small man. He was small in stature. And he ran on ahead and climbed into the sycamore tree and ordered, in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. And Jesus came to the place, and he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. Received him gladly. When they saw, they began to grumble, the people, the other people, saying, he's gone to be a guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, behold, behold, half of my possessions I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come into this house because he too is the son of Abraham. Now there's a lot there, okay? And I don't want to just kind of peel all of those little elements of uh, it's a part. Here we have a picture who, who the religious world said was beyond help. Beyond help and beyond hope. Early, perhaps early in his, in his career as a, as, a, as, a, as a small man and a tax collector, maybe he didn't care. Maybe he saw it as a way of, in a sense, getting back at, at being maligned. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't say. Maybe he didn't get care, but as time wore on, my hunch is, is that the money didn't mean so much anymore. How many of us know that it's, it's one thing to grasp things, it's another thing to keep them? Huh? How many of us know that sometimes the things of the world that we, that we work so hard to get don't satisfy for that long? And we need, and we, 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 we become aware that there's something else that, that, that we need? Jesus called it, or he, he spoke of it as, as like the treasure that was hidden in the field, that the man sold everything he had and went and bought the field so he could have the treasure. Okay? I think there comes a time when you get so, so hungry for real, the, real, the real things of God. I think there comes a time when you get so hungry for the relief of having your sins forgiven. I think there comes a time 
with the ache inside overwhelms all the other things that you thought were important. Now this doesn't tell the whole story, but it animates it. Come down. I've got to dine in your place tonight. In your place. And, and you know, this was... This man, this man was happy. What do we find here in this passage? Happiness. Okay. All of a sudden, he's not on the outside. He's on the inside. And that felt good. My, my hunch is that felt very good to, to, uh, to, to Zacchaeus. To the degree, and this is what happens when God comes and turns the lights on in your life. You realize wrong. Okay? There were, thin, there, there were sins in my life that I didn't realize they were sins until God came and turned the lights on. Anybody with me there? Anybody with me? Okay. God turned the lights on for Zacchaeus. And immediately he went to the money, didn't he? I'm going to give back all that I, that I, that I, that I took. If I defrauded anyone, I'm going to double up. See, walking in the light of Christ, there's a couple things. One, you realize what's important because God turns the lights on. And you also realize that there's some things that God wants out of your life. Does that make sense? Like I said before, it's kind of like turning the lights on in here. And at night, I, I, sometimes when we leave, it's in the wintertime, it's really dark. We'll flip the lights out. And, and sometimes I didn't have all the lights on, and I'm in my office. And I come out through here, and I, and I know there's steps here. And I'm doing this. <laughs> Last thing I want to do is walk off this thing, right? Okay? It's there. It's there. But I don't know it because the darkness keeps me from seeing it. The truth is, the darkness hides a lot. A lot inside of us, even from us. And when God comes in, He turns the lights on. We, we, begin, to see, we begin to see the things that are wrong. And, we, and, we sin. and what's, what's the answer to that? What's, all, what's always the answer to, to sin? Confession, God, forgive me. I belong to you. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me. Always the answer. Always, evermore the answer. Walking in light. Let me, let me share with you, and this is not, this is not something that's, that's new. It's actually very old, but Psalm 1. Let's read that. It's, it's on the board. It says, How blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, and, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now catch the next verse. He says, He'll be like a tree planted firm, firmly by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. They'll be like chaff that the wind drives away. 
Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the sea, the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I like those first few verses the best. Gives us a little bit of a, a general picture. A general picture. Not, not an explicit picture. He says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. He will be like a tree that's firmly planted by the rivers of water. He, she, you could just, just interpose that wherever you want. Purity. Holiness. Happiness, peace, his care in your life and mine as we walk in the light of Jesus, okay? The, uh, could I have you musicians? In keeping, in keeping with in keeping with uh, the things I'd said before, we say, "What road are you? What road are you traveling? What road are you on?" What road are you on today? I, early on, I said every road leads somewhere. And oftentimes, when we start out on a road, we think it'll take us one place and it doesn't. It takes us someplace entirely different. Had a conversation with some folks this week, and uh, evidently there are some who really take exception to the, the, you know, the, the statement that when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father except by me. I mean, that's not... Again, I never said that, or I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't write that Jesus said that. I'm just repeating what he said. And they have a hard time. People, our, our culture right now, has a hard time accepting that all roads don't lead to the same place. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, uh, if, I, if I get out on 17 today, I bet I won't. If I stay on 17, if I decide I want to stay on, I'm not finding Buffalo. In other words, all roads don't lead to Buffalo. Nor do all paths in life lead to eternal life and salvation and joy. And Jesus said this. Jesus said this. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the light of the world. And he who follows me will not walk in darkness. And the question is, is, what road are you on? What road are you on today? Now, we've got people who are graduating or moving on. I don't mean to, to focus on you. Or, but this is a big change in your life. You're going to go off to college. You're going to go off to, to, to the next phase or whatever it is. I don't, I don't even know. Therein lies an opportunity. Yeah? Therein lies an opportunity to... To, uh, and, and a decision. Will I turn to the right or left? Will I stay the course? I'm experimenting. I'm, I'm trying new opportunities, new life things. What road will you travel? I want you to know that now, no matter how good that other road looks, the end is death. 
and the end is darkness, spiritual darkness. Okay? Jesus gives light and life and joy. Amen? Stand with me, folks. We're going to sing. And I want to I wanna pray for, for, for anyone who... who uh, God is speaking to you today. You may have found yourself on a different road. Started out on the right road, but uh, you're not there now. Yes, sucked in by some other, other things that you thought were interesting, important. And you found yourselves out of touch, out of step with God. Found yourself in chains instead of, instead of free. You, you were looking for freedom, but what you found were chains. Jesus is still the light of the world. He's the one that will open your eyes, open my eyes. Give us light, peace. Amen? As we sing, as we worship, this altar is open for anyone who wants to pray.